It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We recap the Baltimore Ravens' 10-9 win over the Denver Broncos in Week 13 of the 2022 season coming up here next on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. So if you're here with us on YouTube, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. In audio form, be sure to follow along. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anywhere you get your shows, we are there for you. So if you want Daily Ravens content five days a week, news analysis updates, we're here for you. Also, today's episode of Locked on Ravens is sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pitch rejection, you can win up to 10 times money on your entry. First time users can receive. 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code locked on. And the Ravens win. They win the game in week 13 against Denver. 10 to 9. It was an ugly, ugly game. If, if we thought that week 11 was ugly against Carolina, week 13, I think, took it to another level. This is a game where the Baltimore offense could not get anything going until late in the game. But. On that drive that mattered, Tyler Huntley, yes, Tyler Huntley, not Lamar Jackson, took that team down the field. 16 plays, 91 yards. So we'll talk about the offense, we'll talk about the defense, and of course, talk about what is upcoming for the Ravens and where they go from here after another game like this on offense. And you have another defensive performance here that we'll talk about as well. So let's dive into it. On offense, you have the Ravens, and I had said, you know, we there was a great time. We had a great time at Pickett Brewing pregame. You know, Spencer Schultz, Jake Luke, Bobby Trossett, Cole Jackson, and I, we, we live-streamed from Pickett Brewing from 10 to 12. There was a great turnout. I had a blast, and I enjoyed meeting everybody who was there, so I appreciate it if you went and said hi to any of us. It was great, but I had said on that live stream that, you know, I wanted Tyler Huntley time, but... I didn't want it in the way that it happened. I wanted it in the blowout, like, you know, the fourth quarter where the Ravens are up like 30 to nothing and you you can bring Tyler Huntley in there. Well, Tyler Huntley time happened, but in an unfortunate way where Lamar Jackson gets sacked 
at the end of that first quarter. Entering the second quarter, he's not out on the field. And I don't know. To me, it didn't. The hit didn't look that bad. Like I didn't look at that hit and go, "Oh, like oh, no, oh man." So hopefully Lamar's okay. John Harbaugh did say after the game that it's a days to weeks thing. So pretty pretty vague overall. There will be more tests. It'll be done on Monday. He said there could be an update then. So it's a lot of holding breaths right now in terms of just how much time Lamar Jackson could miss. But in his stead, Tyler Huntley enters the game and he ends up throwing a good bit. 27 to 32, 187 yards. Did have an interception on a decently ill-advised throw. But I mentioned that 16 play. 91-yard drive to end the game. This was a game of field goals. And for the Ravens, their games have been filled with field goals recently. The Ravens do not have a first-quarter touchdown, a second-quarter touchdown, or a third-quarter touchdown in each of their last three games. It's been all field goals in each of those quarters for Baltimore. And that's something that obviously cannot happen. It, It was very frustrating to watch this offense at times. I mean, some of the play calls, you're just thinking, what in the world? I think... So the James Prochet interception, I know a lot of people are talking about it where the Ravens actually had a really good drive going on that possession where they were actually picking up some chunk plays, picking up first downs and the Ravens get into Denver territory. And then all of a sudden you see a trickeration play where the ball ends up in James Prochet's hands. And he throws this ball into triple coverage to Kenyon Drake. And I think triple honestly might be being a bit nice because I think there were like seven defenders in the area or something. And it's just an easy interception for Justin Simmons. And you're just thinking, why in that moment? Why in that moment are you calling that play when everything seemed to be working? I get the surprise element and whatnot, but didn't really catch Denver off guard there. So the 16 play 91 yard drive at the end of the game was definitely the defining moment for Tyler Huntley made some big time throws. I think the biggest of them all being the connection with Kenyon Drake that Tyler Huntley had where Drake kind of adjusts, Tyler Huntley adjusts as well. And they get the ball deep, deep, deep into the red zone. And then the Ravens are able to convert there. The Ravens did have another red zone possession earlier in this game, but they were not able to convert on that. We talked about that throughout the week where could the Ravens be a better red zone team? Their last three weeks leading up to this game, they were 29th in the NFL in red zone offense. They hovered at 50% here today where they do go one of two in the red zone. Now, the key that I want to point out is to why the Ravens offense just could not get anything going is because they could not convert on third down. Now, they went three or three on fourth down. The Ravens went three or three on fourth down. They had a really gutsy call very deep in their own territory on a Mark Andrews sneak where he was stopped initially, but a big second effort pushed him over. But three or 13 on third down, you're not helping your defense out by staying on the field in those situations. Baltimore didn't end up winning the time of possession battle, 32-29 to 27-31. But, you know, regardless there, you have a team that you're, you're down your star quarterback, who obviously is your offense. Now, the good thing about Tyler Huntley, I think Tyler Huntley is the perfect backup for Lamar Jackson. You don't have to change around your offense. Both players have very similar skill sets. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a better player, but this isn't like you don't need to pit one guy against the other and be like, oh, well, I like Tyler Huntley, so Lamar Jackson can't be the quarterback or vice versa. These are two good players. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is the better player, but I think Tyler Huntley, for who he is, I think he deserves to be a starter in this league. I think he could do it 100%. But I think the Ravens have to be feeling very blessed that they do have Tyler Huntley as their backup quarterback right now, because I feel like it's just the perfect situation for them. I think it's a good I think it's a fine situation for Huntley, too. But 
obviously his goal likely, you know, you want to be a starter in this league. And so I don't know what the future holds for him, but he did again show that he can make the plays necessary to win a football game. Baltimore's defense did keep them in the game. I mean, the Denver offense, you know, we're not talking about like a top five offense here. In fact, we're talking about the worst offense. So that's why I go back to kind of what I said last week, where at some of the same points of this offensive performance for the Ravens, it's not going to get them past the Buffaloes or the Kansas cities or the Cincinnati's or the, the Miami's or the Tennessee's or whoever, you know, you put at the top of that AFC right now, the teams that the Ravens are supposed to be competing with at the top of that conference, they're, you know, put up with those teams, a team like Buffalo, a team like Kansas city, a team like Cincinnati's offense, you know, they're able to put up points on the board. Now the Ravens defense won't make it easy, but the Denver offense is just another level of just inefficient and just not good this year. So I think for the Ravens offense, they have to figure it out and they have to figure it out quickly. I thought that that two minute drill that Tyler Huntley did orchestrate was, you know, I, I, I think for the Ravens, they could have, and I wouldn't have been shocked at all. And I said it throughout the week, if the Ravens lost this game to Denver, I thought that Greg Roman would probably be the scapegoat, be someone who was let go for that spark. I, again, I said it a lot last week. We talked a lot about Greg Roman last week. We talked a lot about it yesterday at Pickett Brewing as well. I think the Ravens, you know, probably should have moved on after the 2021 season, but they decided to keep him on board. I think both sides have outgrown each other. There's apparently mutual interest with that Stanford job. This game did not inspire any confidence in me with Greg Roman. I wish it did. You know, I wish that the Ravens offense performed better than it did in week 13, but you just, you can't have these slow starts where again, I'll say it. just like I said last week, it's the same exact thing. These slow starts happen for offenses, but they cannot happen for three quarters in a row. And especially not for three plus quarters in three straight weeks. I mean, you have to score a touchdown before the fourth quarter. The Ravens didn't score their first touchdown again until 28 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, the first touchdown all game for either team. So that's where you are with that. We talked about Huntley a little bit. The run game couldn't really get a lot going, which is a tiny bit surprising. Denver's run defense is not a top unit in the league in terms of run defense. Tyler Huntley led the game for the Ravens with 10 carries for 41 yards and that score to put the Ravens ahead for good. Kenyon Drake, 7 for 29. Gus Edwards, only 6 for 12. Then you have Lamar Jackson, 1 for 9. Devin Duvernay, 2 for 9. Justice Hill, 1 for 2. And Mark Andrews, 1 for 1. Receiver-wise, Mark Andrews led the team with 53 yards. And Marcus Robinson had 7 catches. Devin Duvernay had 6 catches. Isaiah Likely made an impact with 4 of those. And so you got contributions from a lot of different people. But these were shorter completions. Again, Tyler Huntley completed 27 passes, but only for 187 yards, averaging 5.8 yards. So it, it got the job done. I, I'm not saying this win was pretty by any of the imagination because it was not. I mean, the Ravens won the game, but didn't really feel like they won the game. And, you know, John Harbaugh said, you know, this is a perfect Ravens win. And, you know, this is Ravens football. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I mean, I, it's December and, you know, you, you kind of win ugly sometimes, but you just want to see those dominant performances happen so you're able to stack a little bit heading into a bunch of divisional games. So coming up, we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball, we'll talk about how they were able to hold Denver out of their end zone, out of their red zone, actually. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, 
This episode is sponsored by Total Wine and More. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and More with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. You'll love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia or North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. And this episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. And at Locked On Ravens, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safe, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Ravens listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this off. And here's why so many people love it. They have so many advanced technology features, whether it's controlling your system from your smartphone app, Bring crystal clear HD security camera feeds or the wide range of high-tech sensors that they have. And in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology. This will leave them simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. And with the top-rated Simply Safe apps, stay in complete control of your system. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your camera, adjust your system settings anytime. Anywhere, don't miss your chance to stay big on so many people's favorite security system. Get 40% off in a new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. At simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL, there's no safe like Simply Safe. We're back here, our second segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you talking about the Ravens 10 to 9 win over the Denver Broncos. And look, a win is a win that you have to take it at the NFL level 100% because what matters is the record. The Ravens are 8 and 4 right now. Still tied atop the AFC North with Cincinnati as they won every team in the division one for the Ravens, their AFC North. So we'll talk about that in the final segment a bit. But first, we do got to dive into this defensive unit. The Ravens, three field goals allowed to Denver. And almost at the end, Brandon McManus with a 60-plus yarder. But the audacity to attempt a 60-yard field goal in Justin Tucker's house does not work that way. And the Ravens, they come out victorious on a last-second field goal. I know last week it was Justin Tucker missing the 67-yarder. This time it's Brandon McManus missing the 60-plus-yard field goal to actually win the Ravens the game there. Now, this was another solid overall performance by this Ravens defense. I mean, really, this is a defense that outside of that fourth quarter against Jacksonville has played really well over the past three weeks coming out of the bye. And they played a full 60 minutes today. They they, they really did. Now, they're they're – was some um, there was a little bit of ooh, what's going on here and on that final possession for Denver, but I think for Russell Wilson, he actually had a decent overall game 17 to 22, 189 yards. And I know from like a pure box score perspective, that's not a great game, but for the way Russell Wilson has been playing this year, he didn't turn the ball over. You know, the Ravens didn't force a turnover on this Denver defense, no interceptions, no fumbles, etc. I think Russell Wilson. He made some throws in some spots. I mean, he was looking to multiple different players. Cortland Sutton went down pretty early in this one. Greg Dulcich and Jerry Judy were the two for him. Six for 85 for Dulcich and four for 65 for Jerry Judy. Latavius Murray had four for 14. And then a couple guys with one reception in there as well. But credit to the Ravens defense because with the Ravens offense, we talked about third down. No, they went three of 13. Well, the Denver offense went two of 12 on third down. Even worse of a clip. So credit to the Ravens defense for getting off of the field and getting the ball back to the offense because, you know, in those situations, it is kind of the reverse of what we talked about with the offense where 
with the offense, you want to have them stay on the field, the long sustained drives. Well, that's for any offense, you know, for the Denver offense, they wanted to stay on the field. They wanted to sustain those drives, get points on the board, get into the end zone. But for an offense that was working with their backup quarterback in the Ravens to be able to have their defense, be able to be stout, get them the ball back and at least have more attempts, you know, be able to try and try and try and try, even though it didn't really happen until the last possession of the game for the Ravens. It worked out. The Broncos overall, they ran 52 plays compared to the Ravens 69. So again, that does go back to the Ravens being able, the Ravens did have some long drives. Like obviously the 16 play one caps that off, but for the Denver team, they didn't really have those long drives, which is really good. Both teams had 11, but the Broncos did average more yards per play, which is interesting. Overall, the Broncos 5.2 and the Ravens 4.1 stat wise in terms of actual individual stats. Roquan Smith was the guy for the Ravens on defense here. 11 total tackles. Patrick Queen was next on that list with nine, but Queen was actually carted off the field with a thigh injury, was in a lot of pain. I felt I felt really bad. It was, he was in a ton of pain. He seems to be okay. You know, John Harbaugh, after the game, gave some updates. We talked about the one from Lamar Jackson, but John Harbaugh saying that Patrick Queen had a thigh bruise and those x-rays were negative. So he said that's very good news, and it is very good news to the Ravens there because he, the way he's been playing for the course of this year, at least the last couple of months, that would be a pretty big loss, especially because of what Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen can do next to each other. Other than that, you know, other box score stuff. Chuck Clark had eight tackles. Marlon Humphrey had seven. Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton each had five. Kyle Hamilton was flying around. He he did go down for a brief period, did return to the game, but he was flying around out there. Jason Pierre-Paul and Marcus Peters had four. Jason Pierre-Paul made one play. He was like out on an island. I forget who he was against right now, but... He made a great open field tackle and kind of kept a play from happening for the Broncos. Kind of, I think it was later in the game. So I don't know. That was just, it, it was one that stuck out to me. I don't really know why. But you also have the Ravens, Adafi Owe getting on the board with a sack in this one. Baltimore sacked Russell Wilson two times in this game, one coming from Adafi Owe and the other one coming from. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey's getting he's a sack guy now. So he he's he's that Ravens new electric pass rusher. But it was it was good for Adafiowe. I think it was really good for his confidence. Now Russell Wilson did kind of like run into the sack where oh he like literally kind of ran into OA. But regardless, a sack is a sack, and sometimes that's all a player needs is you know, not even them doing a ton to get something, but they get a taste of that. They're able to get something and make something happen. And then it just kind of spikes from there where they get the momentum. They start feeling confident. It seemed like after the, the sack happened, Owe was, you know, he was seemed super relieved. At least his, his body language seemed that way. Then after the game, he talked a lot about it as well. And I think that that could be a big spark for Adafi Owe moving forward, which I think would be great. You know, both Charlie Kohler and, and David Ajabo were inactive in this game. So we did not see David Ajabo time in this one. Hopefully those guys will be able to debut soon. I know the Ravens have talked about, potentially getting back J.K. Dobbins and Marcus Williams next week. We will see if that ends up coming to fruition. But these guys, the the the, the Ravens right now, they've been getting guys back consistently. And again, Ronnie Stanley didn't, didn't even play in this game. So I know we're on the defense right now, but still the Ravens, they were able to kind of have that rotation. Patrick McCarry goes down a little early with the, with the foot injury. So they're going to continue to, as we talked about, to get these guys back. I think Marcus Williams adds such another element to this Ravens defense. That's the big one. Ajabo, when he does play, I think right off the bat, you know, you want to get him acclimated. You're not going to give him 90% of the snaps, but he's someone who you can 
probably put in situations and have be successful. Tyus Bowser is somebody who has come on. Justin Houston's playing great for the pass rush. So they have options throughout the course of the rest of this year. They just have to be able to execute, execute, execute a full 60 minutes, both for offense and for defense. So I think in this game, the Ravens did a much better job of not just playing the first 48. They played for the full 60 minutes of the game, which I think is what they have to do. That's that's the mindset they have to have moving forward, especially when you're talking about when it does come time for the playoffs and hopefully the Ravens are in that dance. It, you know, They probably will be, but it, it's a matter of how far can they go in the playoffs, right? Well, if they get there, how far can they go? It's, you know, you have to have the character defining wins. You know, even though this game was not, impressive for the Ravens it was not pretty it was very very ugly sometimes that is just what the Ravens do but again just you want to see some of those dominant wins at least like one of them just one of those wins you have Pittsburgh twice you have Atlanta you have Cleveland you have Cincinnati so there's still a ton to talk about in terms of their schedule what they can do moving forward and just the future for the short term and also some of the long term so we'll talk about that coming up in the final segment here of Lockdown Ravens but first this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks, and I did have another good week in fantasy this week. I was very happy. Ravens win. Fantasy win. We'll take that 10 times out of 10. But if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks. They have a ton of current entries you can use, and it's super, super easy to play. And how it works is you pick two to five players, and if they will go score more or less than their Prize Picks rejection, you can go up to 10 times the money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just your rejections available. Price for projections on each sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, you have NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe investor draws and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% in the deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on to sign up for an deposit match of up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still here with you. The Ravens beating the Broncos 10-9 in Week 13, a score that you don't see very often. You have all field goals except for the Ravens' final possession of the game, which, again, that 16-play, 91-yard drive. So moving forward, what do the Ravens have to look forward to short-term? And then as we look a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, down the line here. Well, short term, I think first, the number one concern is Lamar Jackson. How much time does Lamar Jackson miss in terms of, is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it a month? Is it the season? Is it no time at all? You know, we, we do not know at the time of this recording. So maybe when you're listening, John Harbaugh has given an update and there is more of a, there's more of a clear picture about where Lamar Jackson's timeline is. I would say in my, in my non-doctor experience and my non-doctor opinion, I would say he's probably very questionable best for Pittsburgh, but obviously with the test that'll be done today, we'll figure out where he is. But if Tyler Huntley has to go, 
this is a player that he does have the starting experience dating back to last season when he had to fill in for Lamar Jackson when Jackson got injured last year. So they are, I think, in good hands there. Obviously, your preference is for Lamar Jackson to be out there on the field. I think we saw more urgency from the Ravens in this game. So that's a good thing, especially when it comes to getting to the line. I think we did not see one blunder when it came to that. I think the Ravens made a big, huge emphasis on getting to the line. So credit to them, but it can't just be we're going to do it really well for one game after a really bad game doing it and then go right back to what it was. They have to keep that up consistently. So for whoever it is, a quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, they're going to have to be able to continue that for Greg Roman to continue to do that as well. It's interesting, though, when talking about Roman, right, because I do seriously, we talked about it in the first segment. I think that that two-minute drill did define his week for the Ravens. Losing at Denver's would have been, it would have been too much, I think. And again, I, I don't necessarily feel like he's somebody that is still like on the same growth path as the Ravens are right now. I think those two have outgrown each other. I think it's probably time for them to part ways, but you know, firing him after a win, would the Ravens do that? I, I would be okay with it, but I do believe that they might keep him around here because they won. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I'm not, you know, I don't have any inside information on it, so I'm not saying it one way or the other, whether they will or won't. But I know there are people who are saying, you know, even after the win, they have to, they have to fire him. They have to do this, they have to do that. But I'm just not sure they do it after a win, you know. So I'm not being that messenger. So, you know, I'm just being that guy. But for Baltimore now, you have the stretch of divisional games coming up. This is a team that plays Pittsburgh twice. Cleveland's in there, and Cincinnati's the final game of the season. You also have Atlanta sandwiched in as your last non-conference opponent that's not a divisional opponent. You know, the the Ravens are done with non-divisional conference opponents. You know, it's just divisional and then the Falcons game. So Pittsburgh's on the docket for the Ravens in Week 14. They will travel over to Pittsburgh to play that game, and I think for Baltimore it's big. These Ravens-Pittsburgh matchups are always – they come down to the wire. They're super intense, and – Kenny Pickett is over there starting for the Steelers. Pittsburgh has won two straight games, so they have talent there. We know about the defensive talent with T.J. Watt over there, Minka Fitzpatrick. Wide receiver-wise, they have lost a couple guys over these last couple of years. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster going to Kansas City. Chase Claypool getting traded over to Chicago, but Deontay Johnson is there. Pat Fryermuth has been very good as the tight end for them, so it's going to be a big game for Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen to step up. But this is about stacking. It's about gaining momentum back. The Ra- Again, the Ravens won this game, but it didn't really feel like, like I didn't feel like, oh, this is, I'm super confident in what the Ravens have to offer now. I think defensively, I'm much more there than where I am with them offensively. Offensively, it's been a pretty big train wreck over the last three weeks outside of the fourth quarter where the Ravens were sparked a little bit and they actually were able to put up some points on the board there. But, you know, 13-3 to Carolina, they don't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. It's 3-3 three to three heading into the fourth. Then you have the Jacksonville game where the Ravens score 15 points in the fourth quarter, but they only get field goals in the first three. Then this Denver game where the Ravens, it's only field goals until 30 or 28 seconds to go. That's something. There's, there's something to be said about confidence and about momentum in the NFL. It can be taken from you or you can get it super, super, super quickly. Now, this is a Ravens win. So they, you know, for a lot of people who don't feel like this was an amazing win, and I myself included, this was not like an amazing win to me. It was just, it was a win. That That's what it was. It was a win. Win is a win in the NFL. But the Ravens players might take this and they might say to themselves, we put out that win. 
didn't have Lamar Jackson. Patrick Queen goes down. They were dealing with guys going in and out throughout the entire game, and they still managed to to grit and grind out a win, especially on that final possession. You know, they go 16 plays, 91 yards. That is probably what this team is feeling right now. And if they can take that into Pittsburgh and say, well, we just did that, even though, you know, only 10 points in the game, they held Denver to nine, but you have to worry about Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. You got to worry about a couple other offensive weapons over there. So it's interesting just what the trajectory of this team is right now. I mean, I still think the AFC runs through Kansas City despite them losing to Cincinnati in week 13 here. As I mentioned at the top of the show, every team in the AFC North did win here. Baltimore and Cincinnati still tied up top of that division at eight and four. Then you have Pittsburgh and Cleveland in third in a tie there at five and seven. So this is a two-team race. I it's becoming increasingly liking, and I have that increasing feeling that the division will come down to week 18 against the Bengals. Now tiebreakers get super wacky and super wonky and the Ravens on paper. And that's the key here on paper, have an easier schedule than Cincinnati does moving forward, but that's what it is. It is on paper for a reason because it's no, there's no easy win. You know, a lot of people, we talked about it during the bye week. Oh, coming out of the bye, the Ravens, Super easy schedule, Carolina and Jacksonville in Denver. You you can blow out all those games. And when all those games are blowout fashion, none of those games have been easy. None of them have been easy. The fourth quarter against Carolina, I think that was like the, the easy part, but it's still first three quarters. You have to be better there on defense. Can you play the full 60 minutes consistently, not just for a game or two, and then you let up another one here consistently because in the playoffs, you have to do it consistently or else you're done. You're out. So Baltimore has talent, but they just have to be better consistently on offense. It's just been, it's been too poor recently on offense to justify what they have done because I'd be fine if, you know, slow start first quarter. All right, sure. You know, you start slow in the first quarter, but then you pick it up and you're able to do what you do over the last three. Maybe they had one game where they started off and the first three quarters is really tough and then they get it together in the fourth quarter. But three straight games are the same thing of only field goals in the first three quarters. That cannot happen. If it happens again for a fourth week, I will, I won't know what to say. And I'm supposed to talk about this team. So you have to look at it from a whole perspective of the defense has kind of kept the Ravens in it these past three weeks outside of that fourth quarter in Jacksonville. So credit to them for doing so. But now it's the offense's turn, whether it is Lamar Jackson, whether it is Tyler Huntley at the helm for the Ravens, it doesn't matter either way. Baltimore has to be better than what they have been on offense this season. So again, I still think this is a playoff team, but I think these next couple of weeks will determine, you know, how far could this team go in the playoffs? So we'll talk about that and more coming up throughout the remainder of the week here. That's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll get back here tomorrow. We'll be diving into more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.